my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I am one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hi, Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS Strikes Back, the show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now, Chris, before we get into what we're going to review this week... I've got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> I know what it is. Go on. And, my, and in my haste, I mean, we did have to wrap up our last episode. I just had a bit of a brain fart. It completely escaped me, the fact that you sent Point Break to Hill Valley. You sent it right in the middle there. This was the original that, you know, was the inspiration and I'm being very generous there. The inspiration for Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious just blatantly fucking copied it. But you sent Fast and Furious to the top, didn't you? I might have done. That's <laughs> like taking, like, you know, something that's written by the Beatles and covered by fucking Limp Biscuit or something and saying the Limp Biscuit version's better. Awful, Chris. Awful decision. And it was only when uh, we were going through and uh, doing the editing and whatnot, and it's like... What the fuck? <laughs> so what have you got to say to yourself, Chris? <laughs> um, or for yourself, not to yourself. Well, you're too much, <laughs> Dave, there's only one thing I can say. I'm half of this show. I'll do what the fuck I want, okay? <laughs> I thought you were going to pull me up on something else about my school teacher, Dave. But anyway, let's, let's oh, move on. Oh, uh, should we do... Uh, that was a different <laughs> podcast, but but okay. Oh, was it? Then, yeah, then see, right. this, that, that was The Office, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, but since yeah, you've called it out, I'll, I'll say it anyway. But so this was, oh, was it episode three or four of our Back to the Office four. podcast? Was it four? Was it? And literally, I was on just on an afternoon walk, uh, taking the dog for a walk, and I thought I'll, I'll listen back to our office episode because I, I get enjoyment out of listening back as well. And um, I'm listening, and you're telling the story of how the teacher lets you kind of get out of class and watch the cricket with him. And when other boys and, and stuff in the class, you know, they try and get in on the action, like he's like, no, no, Phelps has come here first, you know. And so I was listening to it. I was like, fucking hell, Chris was being groomed. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't pick up on it. When we were having the conversation, it was literally when I was listening back, I was like, fucking hell, that sounds wrong there. <laughs> to, to, to be honest, though, Dave, I always thought he was, it was weird because he used to make me write letters to him and say, um, Mr. Collie, can you fix it for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, I couldn't believe it. Oh, I didn't yeah. even pick up on that, but anyway, I don't even don't even bear thinking don't, about David. You don't he want just, to talk about it. I, I see it. <laughs> I see it as the scammer that I am and the blagger that you know I was quick off the mark and just showed a bit of bottle. But when you, you said it to me, I'm like, oh, this could be a Kaiser Souza moment. But anyway, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, we've spoken in the past, haven't we, about some of the dodgy fucking teachers that were clearly around when we were growing up. But, uh, you know, it it doesn't bear thinking back. But, um, Chris, so for this week, also thinking about things which are highly inappropriate, what are we going to review? Well, Dave, it was my pick this week, and I didn't send you down the martial arts shit show route. There's no mention of... L.A., shall we call him, Dave? Because I know I get a lot of stick online (laughs) with my love for a certain martial artist. (laughs) My love interest. Thanks, Blake, by the way, for the tremendous tweet that you sent. (laughs) Really impressive. Amazing. (laughs) No, Dave, it's amazing for you. It's not amazing for me. But (laughs) but really, I secretly loved it. But no, we are going back to 1984, and it is the absolute classic Police Academy. So, Dave... Have or when did you first remember seeing this? Because I know you've seen it. I don't really remember a time when I I haven't had this on video. Um, I used to absolutely love the Police Academy series. Now, I don't think I've seen, like, the last one was Seven or something where they were in Moscow, wasn't it? But I don't think I've seen that. But I, I think I probably dipped out around four or five or something like that. But these... This series was relentless, wasn't it? Like, every year through the 80s, pretty much, from this one. He basically had a Police Academy movie coming through, and it it was one of those, you know, I I don't know where we first acquired this copy, you know, so the old (laughs) Scotch tapes. Um, But, yeah, I just used to to absolutely love it. And despite there being, you know, there's quite a few sexual themes in this, uh, in the mid-'80s, Chris, it was just good family entertainment, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, Dave, of course. <laughs> you, know, you know, like Lassard getting sucked off, you know, and stuff like that. Oh, it's so wholesome, family uh, fun. <laughs> People abusing the power and and sort of uh, you know taking advantage of the recruits, Dave. It's all it's all second nature to everyone <laughs> in the eighties. <laughs> but no, I mean, I think if you're around our age when this was out, I, I, and again, because we had it on on the copy, I, it must have been about eighty five, eighty six, or something like that. Um, feels more like it must have been 85 because um, I think I'd have been 10 in 86. It, it must have been before that because I just I just always remember it being around and just watching it over and over again. How about yourself, Chris? I think I'm pretty similar. I think we rented it out because I loved the actual VHS case where they're all stood on the front together. My dad borrowed, um, borrowed it, he rented it, he, but he borrowed it from the video shop, Dave. But he, but he rented it, and I remember us watching. I think he watched it first, and then we watched it. But again, like you say, I would have been 86, would have been seven, eight years old. Mm. Same as you, once it was on TV, and it, I think it used to be on later at night, we recorded it, and it became an absolute family staple. I always go on about the Lethal Weapons by Vils Cop. And this, I, I, you forget, don't you, what films you watched on a loop. This was on a loop, like they were, like the Blues Brothers. Police Academy's great. My brother's, my brother's got it on DVD now. I was talking to him about it the other day. As soon as I said we're doing Police Academy, he's doing the music. He's he's reciting <laughs> all the things in there, you know, ta- like, a, a, you know, Harry, she's like, Taco Berry. And all. So, yeah. again, I always talk about things that are in our subconscious. There's not a lot of stuff that, there isn't really anything in our thing that we talk about it's, as a family where we throw stuff in there. But Police Academy's always there. The Blue Oyster Bar, Hightower taking the seats out, which we'll talk about. They're all things that I remember as a kid and watching it over and over. And unfortunately, Dave, 
I stuck with this series of movies and went all the way to Moscow and back with him. So the second one's good. And I think the third, because I'm sure Sharon Stone's in the third one or the fourth, but I, I've seen all of them. I, I think Mahoney leaves and then comes back. Like he, he's not in one of the films and then comes back for like the fifth or something like that. Oh, but right. I, I'm, I'm guessing here, but I'm sure that's the way it goes. I mean, I don't even know if he's in the end ones, but yeah, they get worse as they get old, as they, they went on in numbers. But, it was Police Academy. It was just stupid, ridiculous fun. And yeah, I absolutely loved it as a kid. Loved it. Now, what would you say, Chris, if I told you that this, this was inspired by a true story? I'd love to be surprised, but I think I've just read the same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was the producer, and this was in San Francisco, and, uh, you know, they were they were filming the right stuff. And, um, you know, he said this, this ragtag mob of police cadets who were clearly, you know, all shapes and sizes and what have you, and, and clearly weren't really fit to be police people uh and didn't have control of anyone or, or anything um you know that was the in- initial inspiration for this and what he got talking to a sar- police sergeant and he said yeah we have to take them all in but then you know we flunk them out after a week or two and then you know he started to think well what what if they stuck around what if they didn't get flunked out you know and and what would that like so what would that be like so i uh, just think the idea that this is on a on a tr- based on a true event, if you like, uh, it just blew my mind. To be honest, it's interesting, and and you're right. I look, I've only just read it in the last hour, Dave. But I, I don't think with something like this, there had to be some realism to it. You know, it, it's it's ridiculous to think of that. And and look, in this day and age, what's interesting in 1984, they were trying to push diversity. And look, there's a lot of fucking stuff in this movie that needs to stay in 1984 without doubt. But it's interesting, 2021, where the world is, you know, become woke, whether you agree on that or not, the people are getting more opportunities, ethnic minorities, everything. So I think there is a message there, but it's all done for fun. And every stereotype you can think of is picked on in this movie. Mm. I honestly thought, Chris, this would age terribly. And I have to say, you know, before we get into the details of it, it's not one that I'll be showing the kids. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, um, and, and some, of, some of the things are like, okay, no, you wouldn't show that today. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have that in a film today. But the, I think two characters stand out for me as being redeemable, likable characters, and that's Hightower and Hooks for different reasons. I think a lot of the other characters are just all fucking utter douchebags. And I'll say no more than that because um, there's going to be a few people who are going to be a bit upset that I'm including Steve Guttenberg in that. Um, But co-host as well, Dave. So yes, yes. Well, we'll get get into that. Um, But I do have my reasons. Okay. So shall we get into the trailer then, Dave? You've intrigued me. Uh, let's go, you've charmed me. <laughs> That's what I did. <laughs> what are you doing, the little snake? Yeah, I was there? doing the... <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, let's go. <laughs> I didn't know whether you'd pick up on that. I can literally pick... I can picture you now with the hand <laughs> you've intrigued <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I didn't know if you pick up on that. That's brilliant. <laughs> Crime. The city was full of it. Hey, three TVs. Desperate measures were needed. Want you to go to the police academy. The police academy is such a dangerous place. Honey, don't worry. Desperate measures were taken. I'm joining the police force. The mayor says we have to take this riffraff. I'm trapped here? Oh, yes. We all are. What about guns? When do we get guns? You will be schooled in firearms, police procedures, local laws, and many, many other things. High-speed driving. Police Academy. Where did you get this gun? Mom gave it to me. Mister, I am warning you, Hightower! They're leaving. Mean. Does the radio bother you? I can turn it down. Obscene. Each and every one of them striving to defend. You make me sick. Thank you, sir. I make everybody sick. See the thighs. Or offend. Come on, come on. I haven't got all day the thighs. And now that they're ready for the real world. Crime is no longer the number one problem. They are. Can you get my kitty cat out of the tree? No problem, ma'am. Due to a shortage of police officers, the mayor of an unnamed city requires the police department to accept all recruits. Carrie Mahoney is an easygoing man who has repeatedly gotten into legal trouble. Police Captain Reed gives him a choice, enrol in the police academy or go to jail. Mahoney agrees the former, but plans to be such a bad student that he'll be expelled. Now, Chris, what do you make to the opening of this movie? <laughs> it's outstanding. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> so, the one thing I remember, I'm going to bore you all with my Smoking a Bandit reference, is this film, always remember that Mahoney drives a car in the car park on two mm. wheels, and it's a white Trans Am. You know, my favourite car ever, my dream car. And I always remember that bit. I know what I can understand, to be fair, joking aside, why you think with Mahoney. Because the guy who comes, <laughs> I must admit, Dave, I was thinking when I watched it, right? So literally the first scene is they talk about the diversity, aren't they? We need to recruit you and everything. And then literally it goes to Mahoney and he's in the car park. And this guy comes and they are not, I know like whether you think it's funny, I was pissing myself. The guy comes and he's just a complete dick. Park my car. Mm. Dick breath and all this. He's like, dick breath? And then he goes, and Mahoney just goes, is that a wig? And he's going, wig, wig. <laughs> I'm fucking pissing myself, right? And the guy's fucking getting dead annoyed. And he's when he says to him, just park it. And the manager comes over, he's going to fire him. And then he does the two-wheeler thing and be between two cars. <laughs> and then he gets arrested. So I always remember that from the first one. It's like synonymous, like pop culture reference for me with Mahoney and that. But then you get introduced to all the different people and why the reasons. And the most ridiculous one 
is the woman who doesn't want her husband to go to the police academy who looks like <laughs> an absolute dweeb, like Walter Softy out of the Beano. And she's doing fucking... She's like a gazelle across the, uh, the backyard. She's doing well, well, you know, you know what? There's, there's even, yeah, well, she's doing a British funeral, but there's another reference there that you might not have seen because I used to love Norman Wisdom films. And on the beat is where he plays a copper. He pretends to be a copper. His dad was a copper. And he, he ends up getting chased by all the police because he's got the whistle and he does that scene where he runs through gardens like that. You know, the camera's in front and Norman Wisdom's doing uh, jump. You can see he's jumping on like she does. He's jumping on like trampolines and doing rolls and all that. Mm -hmm. And he does, obviously he does his own stunts. But yeah, so, so I got that reference and I think it's brilliant. And the whole idea that they've got to come to the... The police academy is nonsense. The fucking is paper thin. If that there, it's almost a Rizzler paper. Fucking, it's been written on. But yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just mad slapstick nonsense. Well, before we meet Mahoney, we actually meet Tackleberry first, don't we? It's oh a bit gosh, of a, yeah, a weird choice. But you know, he's clearly. I, I mean, he's such a parody, and, and Tackleberry is basically he's part of pop culture, isn't he? You know, if you've got someone who's a bit of a psycho, all into their guns and stuff, you know, he is a bit of a Tackleberry. Um, so, so yeah, he comes in. Lucky he didn't kill anyone, Chris. <laughs> when, he, when he gets his whole, uh, you know, surprise party there, but. I agree. When when Mahoney, the guy in the car park, right, he's a dick. He is a tool. And when he's calling out his wig, you know, brilliant and brilliantly funny. But all I could think was, fucking hell, you know, he's he's pulled off that stunt with the with the Trans Am. Surprise, you like that because, well, it's a beautiful car, and you know, he's just well, he's fucked up the other car. You know, they the person who owned that car didn't do anything wrong. Um. So, and then I, I just couldn't help but think, I don't want someone like that in the fucking police force. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he's playing off like a cheeky chappy, you know, one of these heroes in the 80s. But I do think it is a bit Ferris Bueller where it's like, he's actually a bit of a dick. And that's fine. You know, he can be a bit of a dick in his mid-twenties. But again, I just think... Phew, it's not someone you want in the police force, really. And I know it's a comedy. I know it's being a bit silly and stuff. But I think, I don't know, watching it this time, he just comes across it like a bit of a tool. Dave, if we were in front of each other, I'd be doing that thing. <laughs> Get out. Get out. No. <laughs> no. But I think the idea of how... Kerry Mahoney should be going into the police academy is nonsense. That just, it doesn't, says it's only because you're your dad that you're not in here. So it's all to do with it. However, Dave, are we not talking about the theme music? Because the theme music's oh, synonymous. The so theme music's good. phenomenal. It is. It's proper goosebumps time. I know you said the same, didn't you, when you watched it? I was to say, I just, it brings a smile to my face, that stupid... Yeah intro as soon as it started Chris it was just like it felt like this happy wave of nostalgia that just washed over me and I just felt good straight away so I mean when that pops up you're right at, at the start just absolutely brilliant and, and brought all those memories flooding back so yeah you're right the theme music's spot on it is it's great and, and I think when they end up at the Police Academy, them two absolute arses, Dave, which is, you know, the two, uh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Blanks and Chad, isn't it? The two dickheads with the, with the who shave the hair off. 
and, and they just straight away, Harris just picks him up, doesn't he? Because they're like, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he's like, and they end up becoming like the grasses and the sneaks of, of the, the whole film, sort of like the baddies. But it's when that guy comes, the one who's got all the women, and he and he comes, he looks like <laughs> George, the sheik. George Martin. Martin, yeah. And, and, but he comes in like 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 the sheik off the cannibal run who's surrounded by these harem of women, and he's kissing them all and everything. And like Mahoney's like, oh, can I come? But Mahoney's got this, this, Woman's t-shirt on, Annie Dave. He's got what fucking t-shirt hell. on? He's caught round the what stomach. About his cut for, yeah, his fucking <laughs> stomachless t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. He's also got these bloody cut-off jean shorts, which you know it go right. Oh up the my god! And it's yeah, like, I whoa. <laughs> I think he might have picked up the wrong outfit off the fucking makeup. Page. I think he might have picked up Kim Cattrall's outfit there. <laughs> Well, then again, he might have done better in the Blue Oyster Bar later with that on, Dave. But... <laughs> oh, we'll get on to that. But, um, but as well, Chris, you know, in terms of being a policeman, you know, straight away he's abusing his power, isn't he? Because you've got Kim Cattrall there, who, let's face it, she's just a pretty face in this movie. There's no character at all. Uh, he goes up to her and he's talking about, you know, can I see your thighs? And it's like... That's a that's a bit much, isn't it? That that's that goes beyond like him being a bit flirty. Can I see your thighs? Yeah, <laughs> you know, not even your calves or your legs, your thighs. Yeah, it's it's random as hell, isn't it? Some of this stuff, Dave, and uh, because I get what you mean. Because some of the stuff with Mahoney, he's the he's the guy, he's the leader of the of the whole sort of outfit of the film, and he's like he's trying to be the anti-hero. But he can't. I would say Steve Gutten, uh, Guttenberg, I'd never really picked up on him wanting to get out of the Academy, Dave. You know, when I watch it, mm. it never, it, I'm gonna, I don't know why, but I've never, I couldn't remember thinking that's why he, he was always being a bit of a dick in this. But I think he just goes from one romp to another. And obviously, the fucking Commandant Lassard, Dave, he's iconic. <laughs> he is iconic. He speaks like dead matter of a fact and, and everything's really like you know he really goes over the over the top sort of thing but yeah brilliant absolutely brilliant <laughs> it's good um I, I like the fact when the captain or whoever whoever is above Lassard and they're discussing you know the fact that they have to bring all these people in and you know and Johnson's and uh, he's saying Johnson's as far as the eyes can see and Lassard's like and what a wonderful sight that is (laughs) (laughs) I do you do appreciate why you know he appeared again and again in the series because he does he does have some great lines and the way he delivers them as well like when Mahoney's talking about being trapped a little bit later <laughs> Lizard's like we all are <laughs> <laughs> I just I just love his character Lizard. I do and I tell you I tell you who doesn't get he doesn't do a lot in this first one but in the second one he does is Jones so so you know, uh, Michael Winslow plays him, doesn't yeah. he? He's a yeah, beatboxer yeah. and everything. He's brilliant. In the second one, it comes out like he's a martial artist. You don't even see it in the first one. But he, oh, yeah. he's there. He's in the, he's in the uh, police station with Mahoney and he does that thing. Now, Dave, I know he's at the end. I have tried that so many times, that gun. It's the, the A-team gun sound when they get surrounded. We used to do it <laughs> as kids all the time trying to do that. I used to love trying to emulate. But he was. He, I've seen him do, I think it was... It's a highway to hell. Also, it's an ACDC song. Mm-hmm. He does, and he plays it all himself. Himself. No, in fact, no. It might not be. It might be Led Zeppelin. 
I think it's Led Zeppelin. And it, and it's he, he does the whole guitar and everything himself mm. and the drums all with his mouth. Absolutely sensational. It just Even now, he's 1958, so he's about 63, 62. And he's had a career of just using his voice. What a talented guy. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's brilliant, isn't he? And utterly iconic. You know, he, he's. I think he appeared in all seven of them, didn't he? All, all yes. seven Police Academy movies. So, yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, and I don't really remember him from anything else, but for this, he was just perfect, wasn't he? Just all the little um, the little uh, sounds and stuff. I, I like, actually, where, you know, Harris, he's going around checking on everyone, you know, checking that everyone's asleep, and he's there just playing, like, Pac-Man or something. Fictitiously, <laughs> yeah. Asteroids. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just brilliant. I, I love that, Chris. No, it's brilliant. It is good, mate. Really good. And, and but, but let's. There is one thing with this which really jarred. There's, there's three times that three things are said in this movie for me that stand out as completely wrong. And the first one is with the two idiots that Kyle Blanks and Chad. They're together, mm. and they're in the line. I'm not going to say it, but he says a proper it's a racial racist. Slur, isn't it? Yeah, racial slur. And he's next to Hightower, and then and then Hightower looks at him and puts his because they had to put their arms across, didn't he? So they had this gap, and he put his arm in the shot, and he went, uh, which which is, is is how it should be, which is right. But there's three times that that sort of language is you. There's two racial, and there's one homophobic. Now look, one. not saying. Well, maybe more. Than, I remember one with Mahoney. Mahoney says one, Dave. Which, which, what about um, the whole fucking him? Blue Oyster Bar? I mean, oh right. So, so let's talk about that. Well, that yeah, well, does it? No, no. But 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 because it's truth, Dave. I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know if you were the same. Obviously, love Freddie Mercury, love Queen. They base the 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 whole film on everyone looking like Freddie Mercury. And as a kid, I believed that every gay man looked like the Blue Oyster Bar guys, Dave and Freddie Mercury. <laughs> Which is so wrong. It's fucking so wrong. But because uh, nobody in my family that I knew of was gay or, or, or lesbian or whatever, so I didn't know as we were growing up. So uh, my perception was they all wore chapless fucking pants and looked like Freddie Mercury with moustaches, Dave, which is absolutely ridiculous. You know, and I, I hold my hands up and say I was completely uneducated. But the perception of every gay guy in this movie, it just looks like Freddie Mercury is just completely of its time. I I think Freddie Mercury based his look on that particular underground look at the time. Not particularly well-versed in it, Chris, so I'm on on unsure ground here, but I... Yeah, me too, Dave, me too, yeah. Um, But I think... Because if, if you think like Frankie goes to Hollywood, you know, relax and stuff like that, the video for that, that, that's all like it's in that same kind of outfit, isn't it? Yeah. So I, yeah, I think Freddie is. Mercury based, you know, he just fit into that scene. Everyone didn't say, let's look like Freddie Mercury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, I, know, um, yeah. but I, I was thinking about this because I, I, I knew going back, there were things that weren't going to age particularly well. But I think that the fact that you got those two guys and they are played like dicks, they're played like fucking racist, misogynistic, homophobic pricks, aren't they? Yes. They so are, although badly. some of the terminology that's used, you wouldn't find that, I don't think, in a movie today. They're not played as like it's normal language. I think it's it. It was offensive then. Even more offensive now. You know, it sounds stupid, wasn't it? It's, it was as offensive then, but it was just kind of it was said a lot. In, in movies around this time. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I was wrestling with this one, how I felt about it, and but I thought, well, because they're played off like dicks, it's making the point that they are these utter fucking distasteful twats, and actually, you know, should have been booted out of the academy themselves, really. Yeah, and, and that's where again, as you're watching the, the movie unfold, and you've got stuff like, uh, you know, they, they've they've been racist towards Hightower, you know. Uh, what's she called? Um, Hooks. Hooks. Hooks is getting all sorts from Harris because she's very meek and mild and don't nothing racist, but just picking a stick her. Up. Yeah, don't move. <laughs> yeah, but, but they pick on her throughout the movie. And, and I must admit, Dave, there's some bits in it that still make still funny. The, the, with Tackleberry, when they're doing that fucking walking down the street with the shotgun, and Tackleberry just goes off John Rambo, but he actually does the guy who plays Tackleberry, who unfortunately died actually in 2001. He was only oh, 50. I was reading about oh, it. He, he died on his way to his brother's wedding, uh, which God. is awful. He's only 50, yeah. So, But he, he does a jump on the bonnet of a car at one point, and you can clearly see his hip or something because he hits the deck and gets up and like sort of limp. He's like, oh, fuck. But it's Harris going, Tackleberry! And, and that <laughs> goes through the whole franchise with Tackleberry. But, but again, you've got that. You've got the stuff with Mahoney going on, which is quite funny. But Dave... Gotta be, gotta be honest. Forty-two-year-old Chris may have got a bit of a crush on Sergeant Callahan. I'll be honest with oh, you. Who, who didn't? I mean, I, I don't. Those bras are a bit weird, though, aren't they? They're like the proper Madonna fucking Vogue bras, <laughs> like pointy as anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I remembered that as well. The fact that you know when she's doing the old self-defense, <laughs> she gets on top of that bloke. Um, uh, the, what's the big guy's name? Uh, Leslie. Leslie, Leslie yeah. Barbara, and um, and then she's like, right, who's next? And everyone's falling over themselves. Me, me, me. You know. So uh, again, it's. This doesn't do a lot for the Me Too movement, Chris. Uh, no. You know, women's rights and everything. But she's a bit of a badass, isn't she? She's not actually, oh, yeah. you know, she, she's very good at what she does, you know, and, and sort of is empowered. So I don't think it's quite as uh, bad as I thought it would be when I was going back. No, no, it wasn't to be fair. I always remember her being a, a proper sergeant, no fucking about shades on everything. And it's weird because she never speaks to Sergeant Harris direct, even though she's sort mm. of like his, his right-hand person. But Dave, let's talk about the Blue Oyster Bar. So Mahoney is <laughs> trying over and over to get kicked out, organises this party, doesn't he? So it's like a bit of a celebration and everything. But Blanks and Copeland, they get, <laughs> you know, they're, they're told by Harris to go and investigate. But Mahoney invites him and sends them to the Blue Oyster Bar. And they come in, don't they? They've both got the polo shirts on. Looking, He's looking quite big, uh, Blanks, and he comes in, and then all of a sudden the music comes on. They get surrounded. <laughs> but Dave, as a kid, how many times with your friends did you used to say to your friends, have you been to the Blue Oyster Bar or something like that? Because we've all done it. I've done it loads of times, like taking the piss, and my friends have done it with me. Say, so I've been an oldie, was in this bar, and somebody got, you know, you're like 10, 11 years old. Oh, is it the Blue Oyster Bar? And you're like, oh, fuck off. You know, like, but that was quite a pop culture icon of the music, yeah. wasn't it, as we were growing up? It was. Whether it's, it is wrong, it's politically incorrect, completely and wrong. But but that was something in them movies. We were totally uneducated and just kids. And as you got older, you're like, oh, fucking hell. But iconic pop culture every time. Yeah, it is part of just uh, your language, isn't it? Your, yeah. your 
the blue, if you say the blue oyster bar again to people around our age you, you know what you're talking about straight away don't you and again <laughs> i, I kind of i i'm looking back at, back at it sort of nostalgically it's not it's not great obviously in terms of representation and what have you but the, the fact that you've got these two guys and they are pricks they're homophobic pricks so you know putting them completely out of their comfort zone i i do think is a great gag <laughs> you know, a great yeah. practical joke on them and uh when harris is trying to find out what happened at the weekend you can see they're like uh nothing yeah no yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so them yeah. being completely uncomfortable with it i i did find that entertaining no it is it's good it's really good and i think as well dave like after this, Mahoney does this thing, doesn't he, where he's... Uh, sorry, not Mahoney. Blanks and um, the other guy, Copeland, they get this prostitute to come in, don't they? And they're literally dragging her up the stairs and they're trying to get her on the bed with Mahoney. Mm, but, uh, oh, yeah, with, yeah. sorry, not with, with Leslie's there and he's panicking. So Mahoney comes in and goes, well, 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 and takes her. And he's trying to hide her, but it ends up that Lassard is doing this walk round of all these fucking dignitaries. <laughs> now, look, when I think about this as a kid... This is completely wrong. But as I started getting stirrings, Dave, where I probably hadn't had them before, this would have been a dream for me, which is wrong because I was a fucking kid. But it's the fact that she ends up in the podium with Mahoney and the next minute she's there. And, he, and I love this bit with this speech. She's obviously given him a blowjob. And he's just saying, he's going, I want to thank you all for today. And, 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 he, and he speaks like that anyway, but everything yeah. is just totally, there's a punch to everything he says. It's brilliant. And his voice is up and down, up and down. It's fucking ace. Yeah. It, again, just another iconic scene, isn't it? And, and you can't help but laugh at it. <laughs> just think his delivery as well Lassard I, I just think is is phenomenal I, again I don't know what I was doing watching this stuff when I was a kid probably shouldn't have been uh, like so many other things but um, it, it was George Hayes uh, George Gaines wasn't it the, the guy who played Lassard but his delivery is just perfect <laughs> I love the way he's, he's walking off and, you know, sort of looks back and, and Mahoney just sticks his, his head out. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, so he, he thinks it was him and then and then wanders off. Um, again, completely unrealistic, but iconic and, and just it had me crying, to be honest. <laughs> Fucking brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I, th I think as well, there is bits that really stand out as, as funny. They do. And, and and I think one of the things I was saying to you at the top of the show, but one of the things that I always remember is the Hightower not being able to drive. Now, I've yeah. forgotten this, but he actually driven when he was 12. And he gets Mahoney up at half two, and he's like, ah, we've got the driving thing tomorrow. I've never driven. And I never forget this, this scene, Dave. It's so daft, but it's the fact that he gets in the bubble car, which is, I think, pretty similar to the one that Wayne and Garth drive in Wayne's World. Yeah. And... He, he can't move. He's like six foot six, six foot seven. He, he can't move in this vehicle. And then he just rips the uh, the seats out. But it's Copeland's car. It's actually one of the, the, the knobhead, you know, grasses, the skinheads. It's his car. And he's nearly crying. But when they go on the drive and the police are chasing him, Dave, that car looks like it's going to tip over. The stuntman must have been <laughs> shitting himself because <laughs> it looks like he was really on the edge. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. The fact that... <laughs> 
again, it's an 80s movie, isn't it? So you only have to learn to drive, and you can do that for a few hours in the middle of the night, and that's it. <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can drive again. Um, but the guy that they hired to be the angry driver, so Hightower drives into someone, uh, and they're all pissed off, and then, you know, they end up going back between <laughs> with their tail between their legs when they see, you know, this massive bloke, Hightower. Um, apparently the guy they hired to play this role uh, was drunk and passed out in the car so, so they ended up had to be the director did it himself so that <laughs> so that's Hugh Wilson right there oh is it yeah 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 that's fucking good. I didn't know that. It's a good bit of trivia that Dave as well. But uh, yeah, yeah. brilliant, and that's when you get hooks as well. Doing uh, th- this is a bit though. This bit is bad. This is the worst part of the film for me for just pure racism. Is hooks yeah. does the driving thing and she's singing away and she's doing it. She's just driving me andering, isn't she? But, and is does this make it a Christmas movie, Chris? Because she's singing Santa Claus is Santa Claus. town. Yeah, yeah, no, she's, yeah. I don't know why. When I watched it, I was like, it's a bit random because it's very sunny, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, not yeah. It, weird, but yeah, she, and she, she does the end of it, but then Copeland says a fucking horrendous word to her, really badly to upsets her, and yeah. No, I, clearly it's a racial slur. I've never heard of that before or since. Um, so I, I don't know if it's just one of those used more in the US but no it's a bad one Dave that and this for me again I suppose I shouldn't try and plant it in reality but you're sort of thinking well shouldn't he have gone as well so Hightower ends up flipping the car doesn't he um but shouldn't the original guy have gone for that that racial slur as well yeah 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 Hightower ends up getting the abuse and getting sent off the course by Harris, but it's it's Copeland who's done it. Yeah, yeah. No, it is bad. It is uncomfortable that bit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is to be fair. Um, but no, I, I think I think as well, it shows how the world is changing quite rightly. Because at the end of the day, he should have been off the course without a doubt. Whether Hightower turns a car over or not, he should have been off, Dave. Yeah, and I guess. <sighs> See, see, the problem is you've got all the stuff in the news now, haven't you, about US policing and stuff like that. Um, And I guess I'm probably thinking more about just the reality of today because I don't know how much they have moved forward. Um, But, yeah, that's that's a pretty bad bit. I'll tell you the bit that that is ridiculous, Chris, and I do love. Because apart from Kim Cattrall, Right. There's not really many women, is there? Or, or Sergeant Callahan as well. They're the two prominent females. Most of the other cadets are blokes. Apart from, like, the female showers, there's just loads of them. And you've just got a window right there, just all open. <laughs> you've got Mahoney just having a beer, you know, doing a George McFly, peeping Tom on everyone. And again, it's like, dude... <laughs> it's not right. You know, this is our hero, isn't it? I've got to say, Dave, your point has been made and it's been noted. And I agree because <laughs> when I watched it, I didn't, I forgot about that scene. I know the joke ends up on Captain Harris, but it's Mahoney perving over all the women. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't justify that because 
when he when Hightower picks him up as well, he says something there, doesn't he? And he says the F word, which is not fuck, but you know, the, the homophobic word as well. So there's a few oh, right. there's a few things that he says, and that bit, it's just out of character. So it wouldn't be suited to Mahoney. You'd think it'd be the Copeland and that Blanks would be the ones perving on the women or something, you know, because they're like being played as the bad guys, but it's all done for laughs with Mahoney. And obviously it ends up Harris gets singing, he legs it, but yeah. I completely agree. You know, he's a peeping Tom, you know, all that stuff there. Exactly. <laughs> I have no argument. As much as I like Steve Guttenberg in this, I have no arguments with that. Yeah, yeah. Now, Chris, we get the... Uh, obviously, the the whole premise of the show was, you know, they, they don't have enough police and it ends up a bit of a riot starts off, you know, an apple gets thrown by the uh, the guy, the Jewish guy whose wife didn't want him to join in the first place at the start. Seemed a little bit thin for him to, you know, start off a riot like that. Things must must have been on a knife edge already, I would have thought, in this uh, make-believe town, which I believe a lot of it was actually shot in Toronto. But um, what, what do you reckon to how the, uh, the riot all kind of pans out? Well, I'll tell you one bit, which is utter bullshit, Dave. When <laughs> old Chris Feltz bullshit from China bollocks is when that guy gets handed a TV... And he just goes, free TVs! And that's on the advert, on the trailer we've played. And everyone just goes, right, fuck that. Forget the law. Forget the, the you know, forget that might get sent to prison. Let's just rob TVs. And everyone just starts robbing TVs. And the people at the pool hall come, don't they? And that, it's a riot. It just, it escalates from nothing. It's like, it's like every single day there is a riot in this fucking, uh, this yeah. neighbourhood. Because it makes no sense whatsoever. Throwing an apple at someone and he's a good shot Dave because if you look at the trajectory it was already on the floor by the time it passed the car but the next minute he clocked him on the back of the head and and yeah yeah look it's stupid but it makes sense and obviously before this Mahoney's been kicked out because he had a fight with Blanks and he, oh, he, he course, hides yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 whole he, bit, he, no no he's fine Dave it's usually me who does that so let's not you know split <laughs> it's usually me on every single podcast we ever do but no so he ends up hiding in his gear riot gear on the coach when they go into this and they've been told that they're not going to be they're on the outskirts they're just sort of pushing people back and the next minute he puts him, Harrison, that put him right in the middle. And these people are just wantonly rampaging everywhere. And then, you know, Commandant Lassard just strolls up, Dave, like he's on a fucking... He reminds me of Leslie Nielsen, the guy who plays Commandant Lassard. You know, that sort of nonchalant... Very much so, yeah. Don't yeah. give a shit attitude. He's so good. But again, the bad guy, the one who's like, you know, to, to Blanks and Copeland, who, you know what, Dave? There's a bit where Copeland and the Blanks, it's kicked off a bit. We've had a few chasing the coppers and they can't do anything. You know, Kim Cottrell's at one point, she's under fire, Mahoney's there. But Copeland and Blanks are giving a load of shit to a load of these people while they're carrying guns. They've both got Smith & Western six-shooter cop guns. Mm. They get to the end and there's no one there. The railings are not there that are, that are protecting the fence. And that guy just takes the guns off them, Dave. Uh, it's a bit weird, isn't yeah. it? I mean, even though they were dicks in the academy, you can kind of, you can half understand it. You know, when I was watching this, I was actually thinking about uh, Jack Nicholson in, in A Few Good Men. You know, he's like, you can't handle the truth. You know, yeah. I'm doing all this stuff and uh, so you can live your fucking cushy life, basically. And so I was thinking, well, y you probably do have bastards like that, you know, to keep other people in line. But 
But when you're doing that to these fucking hardened criminals and you've got this thin little wire fence between you and them, it just... I don't know. It, it, it just seemed to be a, a step too far in just ridiculous and, and out of context. Yeah, I think that's right. It's completely out of context with, with their characters and the movie. Why would you be prodding the bear when you're in the middle of a riot? It makes no sense. But we then get to see Dave as Kim Cattrall's under fire and you've got her character and then you've got Mahoney there. And it's that guy who I think he's not in the second one. I think he's in the third one. He pops up in a lot of them as the bad guy in, in the police academies. And mm. He's got a bit of a Clint Eastwood look, a fucking rough-looking Clint Eastwood, which is what he's going for, but he's got that <laughs> bit of a look about him, the chisel look. He looks like he's in his 50s then, but Hightower's tending to the flowers, Dave, and he's got his yeah. white vest, and he just strolls out the shop, doesn't he? Absolutely strolls out the shop. And I, Look, I really enjoy watching this, but the, the, the stuff like that, the, the context of Hightower knows exactly, I know what he's going for, but he, he can just wantonly stroll up to there because he's got Harris at this point, this guy now, hasn't he? Because Mahoney's gone up there. It's a stupid, ridiculous ending. But my favourite bit, Dave, of the whole ending is still Jones doing, when they get all the Lassard's car and they're all in there shitting it and they're rocking it and he gets on the the mic and does the machine gun, you know, the old... Now, Dave... Let's. Uh, don't, yeah, you've ruined that now, Dave. Because what is your impression? So, so can, <laughs> go on. Sorry, go on. I'll do my impression. If you and then you can do yours. If it sounds anything like I used to be, be able to do this from the A team, but I just don't think I, I think I've done it once before on this podcast and it sounded shit. So I'm going to go first, Dave, and I want your machine gun impression. Okay, ready? Uh, all right, I'm, I'm waiting. You built it up now. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. <laughs> ready? <laughs> it was terrible, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was all right. It was just just a bit short-lived, Chris. I was expecting, you know, a bit, a bit longer. I get, I get that lot from Sam, Dave. Don't worry. <laughs> Did you see that WhatsApp that I sent you where the fucking uh, uh, neighbour was recording his... his <laughs> the neighbour was recording his Tinder date. Oh, and it was this God. woman, like... I don't know where it was from. It sounds, it sounds like it's from St. Helens or Wigan or something like that. And she's like, you lasted 0.5 seconds. <laughs> and I asked you to rub my clit and you rub my fucking fanny flaps. What's that supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave, at this point, I'm this thinking... What, what is getting a fucking <laughs> roasted. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, though, I'm wondering about my own performance. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I sent it to Max and he's like, 0.5 seconds is aspirational for me. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you get to a certain age, we all are in that bracket, Dave. <laughs> I'm absolutely Don Wonder. I am a fucking the male Dirk Diggler, Dave, until I get to that point. And then I just turn into the biggies. I'm almost as fucking some of the flops that I've been at Old Trafford, Dave, but there you go. <laughs> so, so you're, uh, though short-lived, your machine gun wasn't wasn't bad at all. All right, well, let's hear it, Dave. You're not, yeah. <laughs> You're not getting out of it. You're not getting out of this one. Let's hear it. Oh, you want me? I, I, I did it, but I. Oh, hold on. How about okay. that? Sound like you need to go to the toilet, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> It's <laughs> after a bindaloo. <laughs> so um, anyway, <laughs> I don't think we 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 don't we're not exactly highbrow at the best of times, <laughs> but we're we're got our belly on the floor here at the moment. So 
uh, what have we got? Yeah, I, it is a bit of a, a, a silly thing there. But it gets rid of all the crowd. See, I thought you were going to say when hooks, you know, all the way through. And the actress, the whole timid voice thing, she was actually, um, it's a bit of a parody of Michael Jackson and how, you know, he's so he, he was so softly spoken and everything. But when, when she, uh, Hightower gives that fella a crack, doesn't he? And he ends up rolling down the stairs and whatever. And then you've got hooks and she's like, don't move, dirtbag. Yeah, <laughs> really <laughs> loud. Brilliant. It is. It is absolutely brilliant. But Chris, did you know that she was wearing a fat suit for the whole movie? No, I didn't know that. So, the director wanted her to like to be a bit more plump, you know. But then, through the film, she'd uh, you know the idea was she's been through the academy and it's really sort of got fit and lean and everything but they ended up just cutting that bit from the movie and so by the time the sequel hit they were just like well you've got to get back in the fat suit now <laughs> you know because it, it was felt like it, it added to her character you know what i didn't even know that that, that is unbelievable dave yeah, yeah yeah the internet's a wonderful thing <laughs> 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 it's got many Many Maybe. good things. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was good, Dave. That was very good. She passed away this year, actually, now you've just said about the internet. Oh, Dave. fucking hell. Give us a downer. Yeah, just want to tell you. Maybe you want to do it again, oh, Dave. Yes, fucking dead. Go on, Dave. Go on, do that again. That was a good impression of Lissa. Which one? <laughs> I don't think I've got no, it I'll in. I'll save it, because you're going to throw me under the bus at the end, no doubt. So. No, no, because I don't I'll, think I'll I've got Lissa. I don't think I've got him in in my locker to be honest i'll i'll stick to the shit ones i'll try i'll try and think of something many many something else <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean like you say hightower had come in because harris was there and he's like Who he goes i want to see you kill the pigs and then he's like which one and he goes him and points at harris and as he does he like say he just chins him running one punch but what's interesting is the two people like at commendations day very much like star wars luke and han solo and mahoney and hightower at this point in the movie they're not in the police academy they've both been uh, you know uh, disgracefully dishonoured for whatever reason. We know Hightower's was wrong, but Mahoney got out because he had a fight and they both got expelled, but they both get the awards at the end, Dave. So that, that's not a bad way to get your job back. Well, well, Luke was part of the Rebel Alliance, wasn't he? That's true. I mean, Han Solo wasn't, I guess. Yeah. But, but what I would say, Dave, <laughs> <it> was, <laughs> this argument's just falling Sorry, just, by the word in it. Your argument down. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Like yeah. Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Han Solo had, had took his money, hadn't he, to go and get Jabba, pay him off. But but yeah. what I would say is there was other people in that war, Dave. No one else got a medal. Do you know what I mean? It's very true. A lot of people died, didn't they? Didn't they? But it's all like <laughs> fucking happy music and an award <laughs> ceremony and everything. Hey! I'm only saying that to win the argument. people died. And what about all those contractors, as they say in clerks, on the on the Death Star that, that weren't part of the army? The builders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People who were just working on sanitation, oh, but um, brilliant. But um, but Chris, what about there's a bit at the end here which doesn't work for me. Um, Mahoney and oh, what's Kim Cattrall's name? Whatever, uh, Karen. Name is Karen. 
Karen, Karen Thompson. Yeah, how can I forget that? Uh, having a bit of a snog at the end, you know, and it's a bit like a high school drama kind of thing, isn't it? It's yeah. underneath the bandstand. Um, and Lassard thinks it's a man. You know, he thinks Mahoney's gay. So that's the big joke about it all. And he says, you know, he sees that it's Karen and he's like, oh, carry on. You know, he's, he's obviously happy. You know, he doesn't... He's no longer upset that he was violated you know, yeah. by, by, he thinks, Mahoney. Because he's never cleared that up. No, he didn't know but it was then, a woman. Exactly. So then when, um, when Mahoney does... He gets ready to start his speech. You get the prostitute in the... Whatever, the, the lecterns or whatever they're called. So, so the same prostitute starts sucking off Mahoney. Good family entertainment. (laughs) And then Lassard has a little smirk on his face, as if to say, you know, I'm getting you back. But it doesn't make sense. It doesn't join up with Lassard just finding out that Mahoney's not gay. No, but what it also does, Dave, is they cut the scene about with the girl. So there there was a whole thing that... Lassard knew eventually it wasn't Mahoney, but they actually cut that, so it made you think Lassard was uh, Mahoney. So, so he, he didn't find out straight away because obviously he has that dialogue straight after with Harry Stunny saying, "You know, Mahoney's yeah. been bad. He's been bad, and all, and he's like, what's he done? Nothing, you know, because you don't want to tell him." But there is supposed to yeah, be some yeah. scene, <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. Right. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yes. Very, very bad, very thing. bad. <laughs> so, 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 so it, that was supposed to be in it, and, and they were saying because it was obviously they were saying like you know fellatio and that they, they didn't want it. They wanted to imply it, but you didn't see anything. I think it was a bit more graphic than what we saw, basically. So, <laughs> oh, God. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there was a few scenes <laughs> cut, Dave. That that the continuity wise, that's the only thing in the movie that everyone always says. How would did he know? You know what I mean? Because even even reacts yeah. when Mahoney kisses Karen as if to say, "Oh right, he's not gay. He didn't give me the you know well, yeah, he's giving me the blowjob." Yeah. But it's, and then the girls there, so so that's what I'm saying. That continuity doesn't work in, in the context of it. So but it don't matter. But you're right. It is a weird weird little scene. Yeah, and I must admit, I was saying about you know the the best characters. I do think are Hooks and Hightower. You know, those are the most redeemable. I I still think there's some things problematic with Mahoney, but I can't shake that nostalgic love for him either. Uh, to be honest with you, um, but I will tell you, you know, again, this this was an iconic role, wasn't it, for Steve Guttenberg? And through the eighties, you know, he, he was. You know, he was quite a, a big star, wasn't he? he appeared yeah. in other things, uh, other movies and stuff. But the, I, I've got to give you a roll call here. Other people that were considered to play the part of Mahoney were Billy Crystal, Tom Hanks, Michael Keaton, Bill Murray. Can you imagine that? He's fucking, fucking about 40 even then. Yeah. Uh, Judge Reinhold. Yeah. S- Jerry Seinfeld. Robin Williams. Bruce Willis, and he was doing a bit of moonlighting, wasn't he? Or was that? I'm yeah. not sure if that was before moonlighting. John Travolta and Nick uh, Rick Moranis. Oh my God! Now I'm not sure. There's a more eclectic bunch of <laughs> of actors, you know, to to play that that uh, Mahoney role. But given that they made it for four and a half million dollars, um, that's I reckon Steve Guttenberg was probably a bit cheaper than all of that lot. Fucking hell, Devin telling you. I mean, they made 150 million at the box office. Six highest movie yeah. in 1984. It was a complete success. Even though most successful movie 
in West Germany, Chris, in oh, 1984. Nice, Dave. That was before the Hoff, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, the Hoff uh, would have would have creamed it after that i imagine with <laughs> with his baywatch stuff <laughs> hey he, he brought the berlin wall down dave just remember that he did <laughs> what a guy that is the the best bit of trivia ever who who is the guy who sang at the fucking the, the destroyer of the berlin wall everyone's you know you think these worldwide mega stars could have got frank sinatra or whoever no <laughs> david fucking hasselhoff stood on one of the broken fucking walls absolutely brilliant he's so big in germany it's unbelievable yeah. Now, Chris, should we get into our final review? Let's go. Now, come on, Chris, I'm dying to know where are you going to stick this one? <laughs> <laughs> Hell, Dave, it sounds like sort of conversations <laughs> happening in the past. But, um, <laughs> um, look, I didn't know what to expect, and, and you were right. We, we'd looked at the trailer, we were both talking about it, and you'd said to me, I just don't think it's going to age well. And I was thinking, you know what, I think it's going to be one of them ones. I'm like, oh, fucking, I can't watch this again. But you know what, I absolutely loved it, Dave. There's some really bad bits in it that we talked about, but as a movie, the nostalgia of it just got me again. It just reminded me of being a kid, watching it over and over again, the stupidness of it. You know, like say, the wig thing at the start had me proper laughing out loud. It's the sort of thing that we would probably do. I would have done in my heyday, Dave. You know, just so it really got my sense of humour. I think it's, it's, it's good, but there is bits in it and there is so many flaws in it as a movie. It just looks like at times, like we've just been talking about with Lassard at the end, these cuts of it and, and obviously things they've done, the continuity doesn't work, but it's still a great movie. So I don't, I'm not going to send it to the top, Dave. I think it's still a class, class movie, but I think I'm going to send it to Pleasantville. I nearly forgot them. So Pleasantville for me, <laughs> still a great movie. Not Atlantis. No. <laughs> I nearly said Atlantis. I did, honestly. Hey, Tony's listening anyway. You went to get him right today, Dave. He keeps Dave. us honest. Yeah, he does. What about yourself? Well, I think we're going to be a little bit dull because that's exactly where I was thinking of sending it. So um, I, I just, again, we've talked about some of the problematic things. Yeah, you wouldn't have this movie as it is today. But in terms of that, time capsule and and sometimes we say okay if you're watching this for the first time in the 2000s or 2010s or 2020s as we are now it's gonna not age particularly well but i think i'm just washed over more so by the nostalgia of it as uh, the theme music starts you know right it's it's there right at the start isn't it you don't even have to get into the movie uh for that to give you those kind of goosebumps and think, oh, God, I remember this. Um, so, yeah, and it's just, it doesn't make sense. The plot is as as thin as a um, <laughs> very thin thing. Yeah. <laughs> and as you can't thin as no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> From our previous conversations, all the things were euphemisms. So I was, uh, that's what I was saying. No, it's just, stay away from those. 
So, it, yeah, it's just brilliant. The, the iconic scenes, um, the characters that you have in it. Actually, you know what? I don't, I don't think Harris is that bad. <laughs> you know, if you think, what, what should a, a police captain be like? You know, it's not, it's not a holiday camp. I think he sort of got a bit better than the complete arsehole uh, than he was in my memory. But... Yeah, no, loved it, Chris, and it's got to be um, fucking Atlantis. I, I can't th- stop thinking of that. <laughs> it's got to be a Pleasantville for me. Um, just really, really enjoyed it, and um, yeah, I'm actually I'm less cautious now about going back and watching the other ones because I th- I thought this would age worse than it actually did, but the fact that the the people who are misogynistic, racist, homophobic pricks are played as that yeah. you know so i i think for that reason i think it, it's aged a little bit better than i thought it would oh good stuff dave good stuff and and honestly guys it's been a blast to go back on this i've, I've really enjoyed it and going forward dave so what have we got next week my friend well next week we have one of my favorites chris when i say one of my favorites horror has never been a genre that i've adored i know some people like scott from 20th century geek absolutely loves his horror doesn't he uh scared the fucking crap out of me the other night actually i don't know if you saw this chris but have you heard of like sleep paralysis yes well scott wrote this blog about you know he's experienced it a few times in his life and i thought i thought you know i'll just read this before i go to bed chris fucking shit idea (laughs) <laughs> terrible, terrible idea. Because I was fucking petrified. I'm in the house on my own. I'm brushing my teeth, and you know, like you, you go down, you go to spit, and then you look up at the mirror. Kept not wanting to take my eyes off the mirror in case it was that old horror trope. You know, you look up and someone's behind you. <laughs> Just turned into a massive Jezebel. So yeah, don't read that blog. Um, but one of the one of the movies that I did enjoy as a kid wasn't too scary so i don't i don't think this is gonna scare the pants off you chris it is american werewolf in london now let's listen to the trailer did you hear that what was it the coyote there aren't any coyotes in england what happened to them well the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic must have been a very powerful man. Jack and I were not attacked by a man. It's an animal. A wolf. Did he say a wolf? Yes, I believe he did. Did you get a good look at the man who attacked you? Doctor, my memory is fine. It's my sanity I'm beginning to worry about. You've never had bad dreams before? Well, sure, as a kid, but never so real. Never so weird. I'm going to look into your eyes. My friend Jack was just here. Your dead friend, Jack. Hi, David! He told me that I will become a monster in two days. The supernatural, the power of darkness, it's all true. Please believe me. Believe what? That tomorrow night, beneath the full moon, I'll sprout hair and fangs and eat people? You 
be surprised what horrors a man is capable of. Are you all right now? I don't know. I'll let you know the next full moon. I'm a werewolf. You're going to change. You'll kill people. You'll become... I know. A monster. Now, Chris, I did set you some homework, so to speak. Did you ask Sam, has she actually watched it? She has, Dave, she and she yeah. does like... Sorry to interrupt, but she does like horror movies, and she is really excited, Dave. And you can tell by my patronising voice, I am not excited by that one bit. The only thing I remember as a kid is, doesn't the werewolf's cock grow really big, Dave, when he when he changes? I, I may be completely wrong, or is that a different movie? <laughs> that might be a different movie. I don't think they typically showed that. So, it, you know... There is a changing scene in it, uh, and it's quite a lot of body horror. It's quite an iconic scene, um, but I don't remember seeing his cock getting bigger. I don't think you have to be a werewolf for that. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I've watched then, Dave, but there you go. <laughs> American Wehrmuff in London or something. <laughs> Oh, Chris. Now, how can everyone get in contact with us? On social media, guys, at VHS Strikes Back. If you want to email us, the VHS Strikes Back at gmail.com. And as always, if you do get a chance, please get over to your podcast catching up and drop myself and Dave a review on the show. It just helps us get out there to more people and get some of them charts. And a big thank you to our Patreons today, as always. We've got... Mr. Tony Farina, we've got Brent from Cinema Chat Podcast, we've got Mr. John Hammond, Blake, who I need to have a word with Dave about his latest um, Twitter gif thing that oh, he's done with awesome. my face. Yes, my love st- internal love story. We've got Maff, we've got Jax, we've got Herb, Lucky Lulu Green, Kent Gustafsson, and our newest one, which is Mr. Dylan Beecroft. So thank you very much, guys. And we've got a couple of films in the back pocket now for Kent and Dylan as well to announce in a future day. So uh, if you want to follow us and support us, guys, Patreon forward slash VHS strikes back awesome Chris well thank you very much for that and all I'll say is what are you going to finish us off with <laughs> well Dave I may have put IMDB on when you were talking and, I, uh, no. and, I, and I'm going to do a Commandant Lassard um, <laughs> impression here we go you ready see if you can get what this scene is from Dave I'm not going to be able to do his voice. I just know straight away. I'm not framing this right at all, Dave. You, you're the impressionist with stuff like this. Right, so here we go. Oh, this is going to be awful. I'm not even going to sound anything like it. This is going to be a Mancunian Lassard, okay? So. <clears throat> now the first slide. Oh, this is awful. Show a very, very interesting thing on main building on slide two. We see of a view of it. Oh my God, you wouldn't believe it. That's the best I can do. That is terrible. I'll see you next time. Don't make me do impressions again. Bye.
Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we gonna do now? What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? We better get back, because it'll be dark soon, and they mostly come at night. Mostly. I'll be back. That's not. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Wax on, wax off. Go for it. Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't nothing. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid Yeah, maybe you stupid. I ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid. I've seen you in six months. I must break.